Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I would like to welcome you to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy, a podcast that takes a look at stories of life and leadership for smart, amazing women and men like you. The most important thing is showing up. Don't think that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up, and and remain steadfast and be a... If you are in a position of leadership and a position of management, bring women along with you. Supporting women is my passion and my purpose. And talking with other women and men who promote women's leadership is one of my favorite things to do. I've yet to meet a woman who did not know what she really wanted. She was just either afraid to ask the questions or she was afraid of what the answers meant. Their stories connect us and help us to understand that the possibilities are endless if we support each other and lift other women up. Trust is created by persistent identity. I show up as myself time and time and time again. And trust is built. It's one conversation at a time. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and I'm happy to welcome Linda Rindelman, to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Linda and I worked as champions of women for so many years together. I've lost count. She has had so many firsts. First regional magazine, first women online's networking coming. I have lost count of her awards as well, except for receiving the highest honor for women in her home state of Indiana, the Torchbearer Award. And we've been both honored by the Carnalis Group Hear Her Song Project, which aims to amplify women leaders' extraordinary voices. Linda's passion is to change the world by empowering women and girls. Her social profit organization, the Women Like Us Foundation, launched the Women Like Us Center in Nakura, Kenya, and changed the lives of women who are victims of abuse and poverty by teaching them skills for economic stability. She is an honored and inspired speaker, author, of the book, Women Like Us book series and executive producer of the film documentary, Women Like Us, three journeys, one mission to change the world. So there's so much I could tell you about Linda. I don't think we have enough time today, but uh, I want to welcome Linda to, to conversations with Dr. Nancy. And it's so good to see you again. Oh, you too. Thank you. Thank you. I know I'm just honored to be on your podcast. And here we are on video after we both started years ago over radio yeah, and yeah, blogging, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we're, we're catching up with the technology finally, but a lot of people just started uh, podcasts and become the most popular thing, audiobooks and podcasts. And uh, we have a book coming out in audio uh, audio soon. And the oh, audio good. podcast, are, you know, it's fun. I love seeing the people I'm talking to. So for me, this is delightful. But uh, welcome, Linda. But the next 30 minutes is about you. I've got a little fly that just loves me. Yeah, I saw that kind of spinning around there a little bit. on my nose. But you know what? He, he wasn't here when I started, until I started talking. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Maybe he's a friend. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. You know, I always start with this. You've been, we've done the podcast before, but I always start with the personal story because you and I both know when we share our stories, amazing things happen and connections just immediately occur one way or another. So tell me about your person. How do you get to be the person I'm talking to today? 
Yeah, lucky me. No kidding. I'm I'm just I'm so it's so good to see you. I just think about you so much and all of the all of the wonderful support that the Women Like Us Foundation has had through you, number one. And just the fact that, you know, we started, I think 20 years ago is when we met, but never in person until maybe the last what, six or seven years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just I cherish your friendship so much, Nancy. I, I really, really do. Um, so yes, when you said women's stories are important, I'll just I'll just piggyback off of that and say all three of my books are all about women's stories too. So it is, it's really, really critical because if we can tell our stories and tell the how of how we got from A to Z and share that with other women, it can be very motivational and it's just really good information to have. And so I, I'm happy that I can tell mine. Um, I'll, tr I'll try to keep it short. Uh, but yeah, I've literally, since way, way back in actually the 1980s, when I first started my own uh, website back when they were way, way, way new. And I've always, always been very, very interested in supporting women and their work. That really, truly is my life, my life's work as it is yours. And so, I mean, what you're doing is amazing. And, you know, we just keep lifting one another up, right, Nancy? Uh, so that we can continue this on our, on our own and also bring other women along the way. So it's fabulous. In a short version here, um, I was always very involved with women. I started the Indianapolis Woman Magazine, which was the first local magazine across the country in a city. And I think there were, I think there was one other one in Virginia when we did our research. So, so way back then, it was very much about bringing women together, having them share what they know, having them share what they need to know, and really lifting us up together. That's for sure. And then we moved on to actually start one of the very first in our city uh, websites. And people didn't really get that yet. So we had to kind of go back and start doing a membership group. And we did a lot of workshops and a lot of speaking and combined that with the online presence, which as we all know now is, you know, huge, of course. And so I was very involved in that. Now that was all at that time, Nancy, that was a for-profit company that I had. But I always felt in my brain that I really, really need to be in a nonprofit you know, you just have those things in the back of your head and then you kind of set them aside and then you, they, they come back to you. And it's just part of the calling of what my life was going to be like and, and certainly my work. So um, I decided that I had this, I had this for-profit, it was called Business Women Connect, very focused on business women. And if you remember during that time period, there were, we had really, really had the glass ceiling. I mean, we really, it was now we have, I feel like we have our inner glass ceiling. But at that time, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so I added a nonprofit part to my for-profit business. And then fast forward, it was maybe only a year later that I discovered that I had cancer and that stopped everything for me for about three years. And so when I was during that three-year period, I had, well, one of the things is I knew that I still wanted to write my book. And when I got better, I was able to write my first book, 
Women Like Us, Real Stories and Strategies for Living Your Best Life. And when I got that done, I had a very good friend of mine come to me and she said, Linda, this book, it's, it's, and, and I know, Nancy, I think you were in my second and my third book. I know, I know you were in the third one, and I think it was the second one too. Um, but anyway, and so my friend said to me, Linda, don't you have a charity? And after all of that time with all the treatments and so forth, I had, I had taken that charity and just put it up on a shelf in my mind's eyes in this beautiful box with little jewels and feathers. And it was just all in my brain. And I thought someday, someday I'm going to bring this charity down again in this little box. And I'm going to start over because I want to have a nonprofit. And it was my really good friend after I wrote that first book who said, Linda, don't you have a charity still? And I said yes, and we took it. We took it down off of that little, that little shelf where it was waiting for the right time, and we changed businesswomenconnect.com to a full-time charity and named it the Women Like Us Foundation after my first book. So that's how we started. That's how we got in. And honestly, Nancy, that was about. I hate to say this. I mean, I always have to go back and do the math, but I think we're at about 20 years now that we've been doing the Women Like Us Foundation. But uh, I'm going to ask you one simple question, though. But why? Why all this? I mean, there has to be. I mean, I know why. I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, really, it really started with me and, of course, feeling uh, inadequate and not prized as a as a female as a girl, and then as a woman, as I get as I got older, I felt like I did not have a voice, and many women were not supporting each other. And you know, I, I was working on my doctorate. And I'll make this short, but I was working on my doctorate. This was again years and years ago, and and someone someone in my family say, "Well, what about your family?" I said, "What do you mean? What about your family? All this time you're taking to work on your doctorate. What about your family? It wasn't supportive. It wasn't. Oh, you're fantastic. You're leaving a legacy for your daughter. It was really about why aren't you doing your job as a mother of your children? And and then I had another woman say to me, "Who do you think you are?" You know, and, and I know, uh, you know, in my gut that I thought that you need to understand that women have to have a voice and we have to support each other. So what was your go to? What, what, sure. What well, I grew up in a you know, and, you, you know, it's interesting because over time and even again, just recently, I've realized some things that happened in my childhood that actually scared, steered me in this direction. I always wanted to be with the kids that didn't have anything. I always wanted to be with the kids who were rejected by the other kids. Yeah. And that was that was very much a big part of who I am. Fast forward, I married at 19. I had my first child at 21. Uh, I was divorced when I was almost 10 years married. I did everything, all, all my education. I did everything the hard way, but I ended up with graduate work such as you, I'm not a doctor, but, uh, but yeah. And, and so I, for me, I really truly know that not only do I want to help people along any way I can specifically women, but also I'm a feminist and I believe, I believe in everything. In fact, it's just funny. I just, I just was looking at this. I'm going to tell you just a couple of things in my first book. No, no, this is in my third book. Sorry. 
This is so cool. I just want to share a couple things. So in the early 1970s, women couldn't serve on a jury. <laughs> women couldn't get an abortion until 1973. Whether you, however you feel about that, it doesn't matter. I actually didn't mean to read that one. Uh, women couldn't get credit cards in their name until 1975. Women couldn't sue for sexual harassment until the middle of the 70s, and it goes on. So the point is, there's a lot of work to do by we women, and it's still there. And it, I'm absolutely passionate about bringing women along, yeah. myself yeah. included. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that in 2021, we're, we're fighting Roe versus Wade again. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. A woman in uh, Missouri, for example, cannot cross a border if she wants to have an abortion. And of course, Missouri is a no pro, is a pro-life state now. If she does cross the border and decides to come back after the abortion, she can be prosecuted. I guess, Linda, for me, you're right. We we know where we're coming from, but we still have these things that are there that just keep getting in the way of women that just are profound. So, you know, we, our work is not done, but we can't do it alone. We need exactly. other women who can support us, but we also need the male advocates and the male the male uh, mentors as well. So, um, you know, and, and you and I know this, uh, you know, people think, you know, I, I sometimes I think people, that's why the story is so important. I think people sometimes look at you and say, oh gosh, things were so simple for her. You know, she, everything's so easy for her. Mm. I think the same thing they, they think about me, but we need to let women know that we have had trials and tribulations and women need to get used to being uncomfortable. You know, they're not, not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to appreciate you. And to be good leaders, we have to start using that voice and not everybody's going to appreciate it or like what we have to say. So, mm -hmm. and, and I know you have a daughter, your daughter and you work together. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. My daughter, Reagan, and I've done some work work together on the women's issues. And I think we're going to start again for me and my daughters. I have three daughters. I, I want them to live in a world. And now I've got seven granddaughters. I don't have a choice. I remember that. That's so perfect. I, I so don't perfect. have a choice. And it was funny after I started having all these granddaughters, yeah. I was, all my horses were, were having fillies. I had girl, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got the are you like a whisper you're a you're a woman whisperer yeah, That's yeah what you are. but talk about a feminist i don't have a choice you know god has a sense of humor she says she will be a woman and she will help other women and i think that's the way you feel as well yeah and and you've connected with convoy of hope dory mm -hmm. uh, donaldson was here just uh just last week Oh, nice. And, uh, nice. We talked about you and all the wonderful work you've been doing uh, in in Africa to help women. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, this is, I think, tell us, tell a little bit about that, because I think that is such a good example mm -hmm. when women are given just a hand up, not, not a handout, a hand up, and they, yes. they, 
do what they do with other women. Just talk mm-hmm. about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to. And I want to say over the years, it's always been about women. It's always been about championing women in one area or another. So we did a lot with, um, I would say maybe eight years ago or so, we were very, very involved with sex trafficking, homelessness, but our goal has always been the overarching piece is education for women. And that's how, how really, really we can help women. I mean, we're all out there doing it. That's my choice. I feel it's absolutely so, so important. And in the last four or five years, I have to kind of go back to where all the places we've been. Um, We were very, very fortunate. We we were, first of all, we were trying to change everyone's lives everywhere when we first started our charity. And you can't yeah. do that. It's like the story of the starfish, you know, you can help that one, throw that one back into the sea. But, and so, so we started really narrowing down because our message was clearer. And that's something that was a challenge that we had for some time that I would really tell other women, if you if you want to have a nonprofit, that there are certain things that will really help you along the way and you don't spend too much time not having a clear message, but that's later. So we, we ended up in Kenya and um, we also do still do some work in the United States, but mostly and almost, almost completely uh, in Kenya, we, we were supporting three different, one, one was the woman who uh, rescued girls from FGM and she's amazing. So when we travel there every year, as we've not been able to do since COVID. Explain FGM, that's because I think that's a really important. Yes, female genital mutilation. And some people refer to it as cutting. Mm -hmm. And it's very much a tradition in a lot of the tribes in Kenya and not necessarily just tribes. But these these girls are actually cut. Sometimes it's with a the, the, a piece of aluminum or the side of a top of a can, uh, and they can be cut to where they are also even sewn shut in some areas. And it's uh, it, it's a tradition, and it really is, is it's the grandmothers and the mothers that do this to their daughters. So what? Why do they get this done? Because the men in those areas will not marry their daughters unless they've been cut. And why is that? Because they don't want the women to run away when they marry them because they have sex drives. I mean, that's how I explain it. And that really, really is true. So we were very honored to be able to help. And Kim DeWitt with Omaleka Home is where we go. We went every year, so we can't go now. Uh, And then also there's an elementary school, really it's like four-year-olds up to 12 that we've supported for a long time. Nancy Noel, who you met when we were in Washington, DC, it was her her finding, uh, but she didn't have a a non-for-profit. So we supported her on the non-for-profit level. I mean, all of those, you know what's interesting, I know you feel this way, Nancy, everyone that I've met, that we've worked with, that we've met, that we've worked with, they're just like my best friend. We did it for so long. And they mean, the all of these people mean so very much to me. And in your travels, I'm, travels rather, I'm sure you get that as well. So, the, but here's, here's the story that I'll try to tell you quickly. Back in 2014, we brought almost 20 women to Kenya and 
we volunteered at these two skill, two organizations that I just mentioned. And we had a new organization to meet, and it was called Victoria's Teens International. And there was a woman by the name of Anne Kabui. This is a story. Anne Kabui, who started this in the way, way in the deep Rift Valley area of Kenya. And we visited the school. We were the only Americans these children had ever seen. And we, we, Anne and I just completely understood one another. It's one of those meetings where you go, yes, I want to work with this woman. I really want to work with this woman. So we decided that she was very, very much about teen girls staying in school. And this was at a point when girls were having to leave school because they, once they were on their menstrual cycle, they had to sit in dirt or they had to sit in grass. They lost time in school. Eventually they drop out. So we worked very hard on that with, with, with certainly with Anka Gui. And then we realized that what we need to be doing is also educating the mothers because we want these girls to grow up into, I mean, they're teenagers now, but we want them to become educated so they can have better lives. But we also need to help the women with that so that they can be an example for their daughters. And that's when Anne and I created a program where we could teach the women skills. And it started that started with teaching them to sew and they would meet in their homes and so forth and so forth. Then one day as we were building this little small project with these women, I got a message in the mail, not in the mail, in the email, and I got a message and Anne had died. And this woman, we talked every single week. She was like my best friend and Anne had died. And as it turns out, Anne, without ever telling me, was a victim of domestic violence. And all of this work that she was doing for girls was also about her own battle as a, as a domestic violence victim. So when she passed away, it was, I mean, I still cried trying to tell the story, but so after she passed away, we didn't know what to do. What, what will we do with the girls, et cetera, et cetera. And we just, we persevered, we bounced back. And that's how we created our, our work right now, our focus. And that's how we created the Women Like Us Center in Nakuru, Kenya. Anne's picture hangs on the wall in there. And we have been able, now we teach women sewing. They're, they have a, an amazing graduation. They get certificates after they take sewing classes for nine months. So they get certificates that they can, now they can go, they can get jobs as, as a domestic, they can go in their homes and sew, you know, a little micro enterprise. They also are learning computers now. I had one of our women say to me, I am so excited we are getting computers. I can't wait to touch one. I can't wait to touch one. <laughs> We also chickens, they have it poultry, they have they have uh, land now where they can grow vegetables, they feed their families and they sell it at the market and it goes on and on. And that's the education. That's, I mean, I have cold chills just talking about it, quite honestly. I'm just so happy for these women. Well, yeah. and, and I've told you, I've been to Kenya and uh, Masmara, I've been all around that area as well with the, with the uh, Convoy of Hope, Women and Girl Empowerment Program. Now, it's, it's amazing how a, just a little hand up can go so far, because once these women and girls get, you know, get that hand up, 
they take they take they take it to a different level and then they lift other girls and women as they go and i think Completely. that's the best yeah. part of that and one of, and what just because i don't want to forget this part as and also one of the hugely important things is one of our directors is the psychologist so we also not only are we teaching them skills but we're teaching them how to be strong how to set boundaries they talk openly about rape i mean their lives are are really hard and we're located right yeah. at the edge of the Nakuru slums and they just find us. Just one final thing as we we have impacted over the last five years, 800 women and their families. And I'm just so thankful for all that. Yeah. The right people have come along the way, including you. But we still have more to do. We, you know, we're talking about a lot of uh, countries that definitely do have some some third world third world issues for sure as far as the one the biggest one being poverty of course mm -hmm. but and i'm still very much a proponent i've I, like i said I've, I've helped a lot of organizations in other countries but we still have much to do in the united states so that we build this community of like-minded women who then have like-minded daughters and sons who then uh, you know, my my dream, my goal uh, in life is that one day, you know, again, there'll be many, many women in leadership positions. Gender equity will be clear. There will not be, there will be no gender equity. I mean, a, there will be gender equality everywhere in every uh, every cohort, every group in the United States. Because mm -hmm. I think the more we come together as a community and the more that we support one another, men and women and girls and boys, mm -hmm. is that those things are going to happen. They're going to happen. We're seeing more and more women in legislative positions and uh, in politics. And, uh, you know, the, but this is, the, this is what I hear more and more that if mm -hmm. women are in a, in a leadership position, in a, in a, in a position of, of making decisions, working with other women, that a lot of our problems are going to disappear. And uh, But again, my book is called In This Together. And, and this is really what this is about. But, but Linda, you, you definitely, you are a champion for girls. You're a champion for women. Uh, like I said, you have a daughter and uh, she is taken up the torch there she'll, she'll get the mm -hmm. next bear award but uh you know mm -hmm. my daughters as well and their grand and my granddaughters is that one day you you want to see them all just kind of coming together and working together and supporting each other and no more mean girls no more mean women you know this i'm i'm so yes. tired of hearing about mean women and mean girls you know i want to hear about girls and women that are really, really helping one another. So what, yes. what is your, what is your ultimate dream? What is your ultimate dream? My ultimate, ultimate dream for women. Yeah. Or for, or is that for, the question? Just anything, women or just the world. What is your ultimate dreams? What, yeah, what well, I, well, of course I'd love to see women rule the world. It'll be way after I'm gone, but we can start there. Changed. Yeah, you know, actually, this is it. This is this is what comes to my brain right this very moment. When I wrote my first book, I wrote this one chapter, and I was so—I mean, the smoke off my off of my keyboard was how I, how passionate I was about this. Yeah. And the title of that article or that chapter was "Some Women Don't Get It." 
And that is very much about the fact that women back in back the, in those days, now that this would have been, you know, 20 years ago now almost, but women were competing for jobs. We're competing for, you know, what we can get. So they push one another aside in order to maybe get a chance at that one piece, that one job that's up there that they can step forward in their career. And that is my biggest, biggest wish. And I do believe we're getting there. The Women's March, the work that you're doing, just all of that. And Carla Canales, to, the, to your point about the Hear Her Song thing, it, we're really, really, see, I have cold chills right now while I'm talking to you, because we really do. We can, <laughs> but we can do this. We can absolutely do this. And it is moving that direction. And I'm just thrilled. I'm so thrilled that I can be a part of it. Well, right. That, that's what I, that's why, that's probably a great place for us to end today, but that we both really do believe that when we find women in top leadership roles, a lot of the issues that we have in our world right now are going to be solved and disappear. The hand that rocks the cradle rocks the world mm -hmm. and we need more hands doing that. So uh, exactly. Linda, I want I want you to continue to be the champion and the warrior queen that I know so well and to go Thank out there you. And, you too. Continue, and continue our work. But again, it's so much more fun when we have people like you to work with and to be uh, with and uh, have that support. So I wish, I wish, I wish more women understood that and men. Thank you. I'm going to say just really quickly, I'm also doing some coaching now. And the coaching, the focus on that is for women to rediscover their worth if they've yeah. lost it. Yeah. It's, that's what that's a big focus for me right now, too. So awesome. I, I, I think that's exactly what we need. We need to remember that we're unique. We're special. There's nobody like us in the whole wide world. So I want to I want to thank you for talking today. I know this is just another one of our meets come come and meet one another but we will do more work but Linda congratulations on everything that you do. It's very very appreciated and I I just want to say one thing. Not profit, not for profit, say social profit. Social profit. So I just think that's I want everybody to understand that what we're doing is really social profit to really absolutely the world be a better place so have a great day thank, thank you, you so much. much nancy talk to you again bye-bye okay. bye if you enjoy these smart amazing conversations please subscribe rate and review them on apple podcasts spotify amazon or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and read and enjoy more amazing stories in my books in this together how successful women support each other in work and life, and leading women. 20 influential women share their secrets to leadership, business, and life. Thank you for listening. <laughs>